Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. My name is Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine. And this week, friends, we have an episode for you full of three great people in the car wash industry. We're going to be talking about how can you build a culture and build a business that can transcend generations. So really, what does that look like And your business when you can build a legacy that's going to outlast you uh, and something that you can either give on to your family or that you can just pass on and continue to do great things in your community and to pass that business down. So we are going to be talking with Justin Alford from Benny's, Bill Martin from Metro Express, and Tom Hoffman Jr. from Hoffman Car Wash. Hey, Justin Alford from Benny's Car Wash in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm a third generation car washer. My grandfather started in 1951. Then my dad, myself, and my son is in the audience today with me. So we got a, a fourth generation, hopefully coming up the ladder, my daughter, and have uh, two niece and nephew as well. So happy to be here. We own, I own and operate nine tunnels in the Baton Rouge area. We have oil changes, convenience stores, gas, detail, a little bit of everything in between. Nice, nice. How about you, Bill? Uh, Bill Martin, Boise, Idaho. Uh, been washing cars uh, since 1969. Uh, so been at it for a while, and uh, like some an earlier speaker said, probably made every mistake in the book, but we're still here, so that's good. Got three kids in the business, uh, all three of them working in the business, and uh, we have 10 sites. Uh, we operate in uh, Boise area and also Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, uh, North Idaho. Excellent. Tom. Right. Yeah, Tom Hoffman Jr. with Hoffman Car Wash in Albany, New York. Um, Mom and Dad started the company in 1965. We we now have 23 locations. Um, it's really been a family business this whole this whole time. I got two sisters. Uh, my son is is with us now at 22 years old, and I've got a nephew. And um, we're on a tear building more car washes. We also have an equipment company. We're building our own car wash equipment now, and um, we're just trying to create you know, opportunities to the biggest part of our family, which are all the people that work with us, trying to create, you know, opportunities for everybody and, and grow the company. Love it, love it. Uh, so you brought something up at the end of that that I think is a different conversation, but I wanna, I wanna just highlight it for folks because um, you talked about building your own equipment. That's probably gonna happen more and more, everybody. If you're not doing it already, you're gonna start to see that in this industry, so just, you heard it here first on Car Wash Magazine Live. Here we go. So uh, we're not going to get into that today. That's another conversation. But I want to get into the, the elephant in the room is obviously that private equity is here, right? That's not going anywhere anytime soon or ever. Uh, so I want to talk about what impact is that having on your all's businesses? Uh, so let's start back here with Justin. Sure. In private equity, in, in investors is not new to the car wash business. I remember in the 70s. Uh, Exxon Mobil was building car washes over the country. Mr. Pride with um, Holiday Inn started getting into car wash business at one time too. So investors is not new to the industry. I guess what is new is the subscription model 
and uh, the Express exterior has made it a little more easier to, to scale. So it's here and it's changing the industry fast. As you walk around this showroom today, I think this is one of the largest we've, we've ever had, and I've been coming to these things for many years. So in a lot of ways, it's put a lot of, a lot of focus on the industry, and it's made a lot of people, it's, it's put our ministry on the map. And we've had articles in, in Wall Street Journal recently and everything else. So um, I, th I think it's interesting that the car wash is, it's here to stay. It's, it's going to be here for a while, it looks like. How, how do you think it's changed for you? Like what's, what's changing in the way that you kind of look at the business on a day-to-day -day basis as you kind of go through that? Well, what's changed is, is, of course, the subscription model, the unlimiteds, everybody's talking about and doing them, and that, that's, that's made a difference. So for years, car washing was about two things. You had two really good months because of the weather, you had two really bad months because of the weather, and the rest of the time you just kind of treaded water. And that's the way the industry has been for many years. Well, the subscription model did change that to an extent. It, it ruffled out and made it a more even-keeled income stream. So, um, but the main thing that's still very important is you still got to run these places. You can have all the money in the world, you can have all the private equity out there, but if you don't have people to open and close these doors every day and make sure the cars are coming out clean, dry, and shiny, and make sure that the paint's on the building and the equipment's running, and all that's important. And that's, that's where we're going to have to see in the next five to 10 years if some of these bigger companies can sustain that and keep that going. I go to our car washes all the time. Uh, my dad and I ride 85 miles every single Saturday looking at all our places, and uh, we continue to do that every week. And we're looking for those small things, and that, that's going to be the real challenge. So um, I think it's, it's, it's going to put us on the map a lot more. This is an industry you read about in Wall Street, like I just said, and I think it's going to be here for a while, but you still got to run these places, and that's going to be the ultimate challenge in the next few years to see how that works out. Yep, yep, for sure. Bill, how about you? Uh, private equity and the impact on your business. So money is fungible and the private equity guys, uh, private equity companies are looking for the best return they can get. And uh, what they see in the car wash industry is with the advance of technology with unlimited, it's fewer and fewer people required to run these car washes and the returns have got their, have, have, uh, got their interest. So they're going to, they're, they're coming in a big way. Uh, my other, I have another company I'm involved in and we represent uh, about 25 private equity buyers that want to get into the car wash industry and half of them are not yet in. Uh, they, they're seeking to get in and uh, we're seeing valuations go up uh, uh, to staggering numbers. But Justin's spot on, if you can't run these places and, and continue to grow them with, with, great, with a great team, uh, the money is not going to solve, solve the problem. And I, these are smart people and they understand that. Uh, some of them have uh, bit off more than they can chew, and there may be, there may be a, uh, uh, a watershed event that happens at some point whenever there'll be a, a, an adjustment. But I think right now for this foreseeable future, they're going to continue to grow, they're going to continue to come into the industry, they're smart people. Uh, there's, you know, it, it would be a mistake to paint them all with the same brush. Some of the private equity companies are extremely smart, they're thoughtful about how they're doing it. We heard from Dave Hoffman, sounds like they have a, a good plan. Other companies are just want to want to scale it as quickly as they can scale it. If you're a, if you're an operator and they come into your market, I don't I think as long as you're doing what got you to where you're at, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, we have we have a lot of uh, skills we've gained over the years in operations. In our market, we compete with a couple of major private equity firms, and we we do just fine against them. So I don't think it's something you should fear. By the same token, you shouldn't rest on your laurels. If you're a lifestyle business and you're just taking money out of your business and supporting the lifestyle, you probably need to pay attention to what's going on because your world could change. 
you need to be strategic about how you think about growing your business and protecting, uh, protecting the business you have. Because if you don't do that, then I think you, you could become a victim. But I think if you do what you've done that's got you a place you're at and you, you pay attention to your... In our company, we talk about people, process, product, and place. We focus on people, process, product, and place. If you do that, take care of your people, and they'll take care of the customer, you'll be just fine. I don't think we have to fear private equity, but I do think, as it's been pointed out, it's changing our industry and it's changing pretty rapidly. And uh, the thing that's uh, got everybody's attention is how the value of our business has increased in the eyes of outsiders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you said something in there I want to come back to, um, which is this idea of um, strategic growth, right? Because I think that the way that the way that everything is moving and the way that the multiples are going, it could be really attractive to want to get into this space and to like just grow at a pace that is not sustainable, or to do it the wrong way, or to just chase that that final sale. And if you're doing that, I don't think you're gonna. I don't think it's gonna work out very well for you. But I, we're gonna come back to that. I want to go down to to Tom. Um, what impact has it been having on your business? I know you guys are growing, uh, and you guys are growing strategically. Yeah. Yeah, I, one of the big reasons we're growing is because of all the private equity that's getting so aggressive. So we're trying to fill in, you know, the white space, some of the areas in our market that may be underserved. So we're, you know, building between four and six locations a year now, where in the past we were, you know, kind of lucky to get one off the ground in, in a year. So we've developed teams of people and the financing and the management staff to, you know, to be competitive grow and you know create the best product for for our customers and you know and to try to stay dominant in our market yeah 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 it's being smart about it not not just going going after it because you got to go after it right let's come back down here to justin i want to know um so let's get back let's go back to that growth question a little bit about how do you make sure that you're growing at the right rate right like how do you keep keep aligned to the right things as you're going through this well the, the car wash business is about location too. And, and we try to pick what we consider A sites too. And I see a lot of people that are, uh, real estate agents call me all the time and said they had a private equity person call them and said give them so many sites in an area. And um, are, are they really picking the A sites or they're going, and I see it, are they building behind a building or on a two lane road or off the corner, all those kind of things. And when this industry does have a correction and it will have a correction one day, seems like the A sites went out. So we still want to build an A sites we still want to, don't want to outgrow our people. We still believe in training our stuff. We have an MIT program, which is a manager and training program. And uh, we still have to develop staff to make sure when we do open these things that, um, that they're run right and they run properly. You can build them all day long. That's the easy part, so to speak. Um, running them is the hard part. And we don't want to outgrow our staff and our infrastructure. And uh, we still want to be able to get to our site. So we still want to stay in our, our strategic area. But um, I, I would not compromise an A location just to have another, numbers doesn't mean anything. And another trend we see too is people are building to flip. I hear that a lot. We hear people say, look, I'm gonna build 10, I'm gonna flip them in the next few years. Um, that's fine as long as the market is still on an upward spin and going fast, but there will be a correction one day. And if there is a correction, when you're in the middle of building 10 sites and if they're on B locations and the values are high, you pay too much. And um, capitalism has a funny way of working. Capitalist society is designed to self-destruct. It really is. It's the way it is. It's the definition of capitalism. So, and that, that 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 time will come one day. Right now, we're on a great run. You walk around this show floor, and everybody's happy, and the numbers are high, and I'm having a blast too. I love it. But I've been to these shows when the numbers weren't so high, and when people, the conversation in in the men's room was, "Hey, things are turning down. What are we going to do here?" So I've been through those cycles. I've seen them. We all have. 
And uh, there'll be another one, but in the interim, there's, there's a lot of people doing very well in this industry. There's a lot of wealth that's been created the last few years, and hey, that's fantastic. So it's a lot of positives out there. Yeah, yeah, Bill, how about you? From a strategic growth perspective, how do you make sure that you're not getting out over your skis? So I, I think it's really important, especially if you're a family business, to be strategic about how you grow. And Justin, spot on, you should pick the best sites you can pick and, and continue to grow your model. We know of plenty of examples in, in markets where some private equity folks have come in and gone head to head. And typically the family owned uh, small business is going to uh, win that race, but it's, it can be painful. And the, the, the last thing you should do is worry about this and you know try to uh, run for the hills. I think you need to uh, be ahead of the curve, pick the sites, plan your growth, Hoffman's went from one, one a year to four a year. That's, that's pretty ambitious. When you grow a company as we just have this year from say five sites to 10 sites, it becomes a different company. You, you have to, you have to, in our company, we try to build the bench so that we're ready for that growth. We're, we're a little bit ahead of the curve, let's call it. Uh, because again, these companies that are coming in, they've thought through how they're going to do this and they're going to throw a lot of money at it. So um, I think that the strategic growth comes from picking good sites, continuing to uh, roll your model out and make it about the people. When, one of the things that when I got in the business, we had very little car wash equipment and we had a lot of people. Today we have very few people and a lot of equipment. The thing that I think is still uh, in the early stages in our industry is technology. Technology needs to advance even further in our industry. There are a lot of things that are, that are happening that are going to make our business even better. So uh, the business has changed a lot and we need to focus on our people. And I think these larger companies, even though they talk about it, I think they lose sight of that. So uh, just like Justin talks about, they go to their site every day, every week, they walk through them. I'm sure Justin's there many times during the week. If you're not walking through your business on a regular basis, you have no idea what's going on. And again, these big guys, uh, that's a challenge they have. So I think being strategic and thoughtful. If it's a lifestyle business, be careful. If your lifestyle, if you're just doing it to support a certain lifestyle and that lifestyle is not reinvesting in the business, uh, you could become a victim. Yeah, that, that reinvestment part is huge. That's, that's really huge. I, I think, Tom, you're probably going to echo some of that sentiment. But, but same question for you. How, how are you making sure that you don't get out over your skis when it comes to growing your business? Right, well, you know, Bill kind of talked about it, but you know, growing your bench and having the infrastructure um, and keeping the pipeline full, creating opportunities for employees. But I think one of the, the most important things is don't forget about your existing locations. Reinvest in your existing location. And there's, you know, hundreds of things we can do, you know, planting flowers, keeping the buildings looking modernized, you know, installing new technology is, is really what's going to be important to counteract the, uh, the new competition coming to town. You know, don't stand on your property and look across the street at the competition. Go across the street and look back at your place and what could you change to make it better? You know, always concentrate and reinvest, especially in your people. I love that tip. I love that tip about just get, get outside so you can see what's going on and get that unique perspective and, and look at it. You know, we always talk about in this industry, you got to get down on the customer level. You got to get in the car, you got to go through the wash. Take it one step further, get outside of your business and go look across the street. I love that, I love that advice. Don't worry about the competition, yeah. be, the, be the competition. Yeah, absolutely, that's, that's where it's at, that's where it's at. Uh, let's move into some of the family stuff here because one of the, I think the key things here that we're talking about and when you think about strategic growth, right? 
Um, there's a reason you're in this business, and, and for you all, a lot of that is about family. And it's like I said at the top of the show, this industry started that way, so it's been core for you all. How do you, as you build this thing, how do you make sure that you're maintaining a business and a culture and an environment that is attractive for your family members to work at as they get older, right? Because there is a ton of opportunity out there and there are lots of things that people can go do. What makes your businesses stand out? And let's come back down the line here. Let's start with Tom first. Yeah, well, I, I think um, my, my son has been working since high school in the, in the business and to kind of find their niche He's been running around, and so has my nephew, to all the different divisions in the company from you know, landscaping to manufacturing to the construction crews, uh, full-serve exterior. You know, he's been really everywhere. Even when, in, when we owned the Jiffy Lubes, uh, he was changing oil. So trying to find their niche and, and always encouraging them you know, to continue their education. And, and that means coming to trade shows like this and learning things and going to these meetings. It's probably the most valuable thing, you know, my parents taught me was networking and learning from the best in the industry. Because it almost feels like we haven't invented anything, but it seems like we've sure stolen or borrowed a, a lot of ideas from, from other operators. So um, creating a culture of, you know, treating people fair, and you know the, the kids don't have a free ride either. They have to earn their way. They're they're working alongside of, you know, our our employees, and um, you know they're, they're they're working hard and learning. You know, every every day is learning, and don't be afraid to make mistakes. It's okay to break a, a few eggs. My dad let me run wild doing all kinds of things that I kind of regret and learn. Well, really learn from making a ton of mistakes. You know, breaking things. Tom, Tom, is there one you can share? Oh. I remember on a busy day, we, we had a brownout in the location because we hooked up too much equipment before I really understood electricity. The transformer wasn't big enough. Um, you know, I wrote the software to control the tunnels. I would mess up the pulse switch logic. We weren't washing cars. Oh, there's a million stories. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. <laughs> we, have, we have some time. Yeah, we have yeah. some time. No. Uh, Bill, how about you? How, how are you making sure that it's a place that your, your family is going to want to be? So I've got three kids, all in the business. They all started when they were 12 years old, uh, and then they all went away and did something else for several years, and then they came back. Uh, my goal is to, to make myself irrelevant in the business. Now, if you talk to my kids, they'd say I've already achieved that, but hopefully, hopefully I can hang in there for a few more years, uh, mostly because I'm having fun. I don't know that they need me, but uh, I think it's important, and, and Tom pointed it out, that. Uh, you know that there's not an entitlement they've got to come in and earn what they do and uh, that means working the car wash and they've all done that uh, uh, and and you know then try to introduce them to the other side of the business from the back room uh, also i think the important thing is that there's fairness in the family so that uh, some member of the family who may not be working in the business doesn't feel like they were excluded from uh, what the family's created because they're not necessarily in the business it, Personally, I think that's a mistake. I think uh, uh, that can be managed and it should be. The other thing is that <laughs> you really need to get good advice. The, com the laws and the tax laws are extremely complex and they're changing all the time. And the last thing anyone should do is wait, uh, wait for that to happen. They need to be thinking about it early, as early as possible, about putting together a plan, a tra transition plan. Uh, and even if a company decides that they want to exit or bring on a financial partner somewhere along the way. You bring in the whole family, you discuss what the uh, you know, pluses and minuses 
of doing that R and then you explore the best option. There are so many options open today for owners and operators, not to necessarily just sell the business, but maybe bring on a financial partner and grow. What I said earlier about growth and strategic growth, one of the challenges you have as an owner is that you may have to sign your name uh, as a personal guarantee. And if you want to grow uh, four car washes a year, that's a lot of debt that you've got to take on. So you've got to think through that. And if something were to happen to the, to the senior principal unexpectedly, and you've left someone with an unmanageable uh, debt situation. So you got to think through all that. It's more complex. It used to be a lot easier. So I think that planning, uh, involving the family, and then making yourself irrelevant over time uh, is the way out. Yeah, I like that. Replace, replace yourself. Make, right. I mean, I don't, know if, I don't know how good that feels at the end of the day if you're like, my goal is to, to not matter. But I guess if you really talk about legacy, well, that's what you're doing, right? Well, if, if the flip side of that is that your family has stepped in and continued that legacy, what could be more wonderful than that? Absolutely. So uh, I think there's, yeah, it's a two-sided coin for yeah. sure. They're, I yeah. love that, I love that. Justin, how about you? How do you make sure that, that your all's organization is somewhere your family wants to come, come back to? Well, my dad never made me work in the car wash, never made my brother or, or myself work in the car wash. I always wanted to, I was always curious. And we've been coming to these car washes literally since, um, we were young. When I was in the fifth grade, everybody would stand up around the, the room and say, what their dad do for a living? And everybody would say, I was a fireman, I'm a doctor, a lawyer. And then it got to me and I said, my dad washes cars. Well, you can imagine the looks I got. And then I followed it up and said, I just came back from the International Car Wash Show in Las Vegas or, or Orlando and I really got a lot of stares. So, um, you know, my dad always talked business with us. We came to these shows all the time. These are, our, I, I mean, Bill Martin, Tom, and all of us, we're family. We are. These guys are like brothers to us. We talk to each other all the time. We see each other all the time. This is the highlight of my year coming to this. And I've been taking to my kids since they were very little to these things. And my dad took us. And I think involve them, whether you're, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, everything. And I think uh, one thing in our whole world, in our education system, is the families don't spend enough time talking about what their parents do or what they do. So with us, whenever we go out to eat at night, you can bet we're going to pass a car wash on the way to the restaurant. And you can bet we're going to pass one on the way back. And we're going to stop and get our car wash. We're going to run inside. Um, my son's been working in a convenience store. My daughter, uh, she's studying accounting right now. She's worked in our office as well. So I think talk to your kids about it. Talk to your family. Make sure they understand it. Our family is the car wash, and the car wash is our family. And uh, in the community, when, when our kids go to school, we do sponsor the church events or the Little League baseball teams. Our name's on the back of the shirt. You, you know, this to us, this is more than just washing cars and making a living for us. We, we have a, a real mission, I believe, and a mission is to take care of our people and take care of the community and give back and leave this place a better, better than when we got here. So all of that combined, um, I don't believe in forcing any kids into business, but I'm like Bill too. Just because you're not in a business doesn't mean you don't play an important role. And with taxes, estate planning, and um, these things are, are constantly evolving and, and, and need people to manage them, there's a place for everybody. So I wouldn't force it, I would encourage it, I would ask them to learn other things and bring things to the table. But um, it's been wonderful for us, for our family, and looking forward to many more years. Yeah, Bill. So just one thing I, I want to add about talking about the private equity, the growth of private equity, the family. The one thing I would caution people to do is you cannot do nothing. You've got to do something. If you don't want to grow, then you, know, you need to uh, analyze your business, where you're at, what are the threats, do a SWOT analysis, your strengths, weakness, opportunities, and threats, and, and figure out where you're at and where, what the future may hold. And of course, we don't, the future is uncertain. We don't know. But uh, the option of doing nothing, I don't think, is a good option.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's not a time for inaction, that's for sure. Um, so I want to. Okay, so we're going to assume that we have all done a great job of making our businesses where our family wants to come and someday take over for us. Let's talk a little bit about that that battle that's going to happen. Okay, so obviously, uh, people who have the entrepreneurial spirit, there's a sense of ownership. That's your business. Uh, for Justin and Tom, when you guys got the got the baton passed uh, from your family, that became you know your business. And there's there's some friction, right, with the family that happens. Always. And then Bill, for you, we're going to talk about like okay, when you're handing it off to your family, what are the things that you want to like hang on to and make sure it stays. So let's start uh, down at the end with Tom again. Talk to me a little bit about. Uh, as you kind of set yourself up to make that transition, are there things that are like non-negotiable, this has to remain part of the business, or is, it, uh, is everything kind of on the table as you kind of go to pass that off? Well, I, I know in our family, we aren't really big title people, so I don't really like remember like, okay, now you're in charge, and dad just sailed off and went hunting all the time. It, it really didn't seem to change like that dramatically. It just, I kind of grew into the position and started gravitating into development and you know electrical controls and developing the software and you know just coming up with new ideas to be more innovative in in our locations to differentiate them from competition but um it it really wasn't um that big of a change and, and dad is still running around like crazy you know on the road to every location working at 79 years old is as really hard as he ever did. And so is my mother for that matter. She's in the office, you know, every day of the week. So it's still a family business. Um, and we also, we transitioned years ago into what I'd call professional management. So, you know, we have, you know, the president of our company handles day-to-day -day operation. I'm more involved in getting approvals, finding property, you know, the financing and, and all that. So. I, I do the things I like to do, and we hired somebody to do the things I really didn't want to do. Um, and, and just, again, creating opportunities for our people and, and trying to have the best company we can by hiring the right people. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come to Justin. Bill, you're gonna go last on this one. So I, I wanna know when you were kind of, it's a similar situation, there, wasn't, there was no baton to be passed uh, in, your, in your case? It, it is, and my dad is still there every day. And I treasure the days. We go to lunch every day together, and, and I, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. He's still there every day. And I think with family businesses, too, is my brother and I are very different people. We think different. We, we act different. And, and that's not always a bad thing. Sure, there's some days we don't agree, and, yeah, and my dad's there kind of, and he kind of breaks the tie, I guess you would say. But people kind of gravitate towards what they're better at. Um, my son, for example, is fixing her law school in August, and my daughter, she's going to be a CPA. So they're past. We'll see where they fit in there. There's a lot of companies. Uh, there's a convenience store company called Sheets out of the Northeast that I read a lot about. And, and, and their family, if you look at their, their organizational chart, they've had a lot of different branches with Sheets family members doing different things. And they can make those better. So uh, a, a company is always changing, always evolving, always growing. And we started out washing full-service cars a year ago, now here, years ago, and now we're doing exterior and doing other things. So. I think you've got to encourage to take gambles, to encourage to take uh, risk, and, and develop the, the skills that you're good at in, in turning things. But Bill hit on something. If you're not planning, you should be planning, whether it's for tax reasons or whether it's for the next generation or what. If something happens uh, to my dad tomorrow or myself, I think we have a pretty good plan in place. But you don't want to just not do anything. So I think you've got to let an organization develop 
And if, if you're willing to work together, we don't always agree on everything, but at the end of the day, we work it out and, and hopefully we keep going. And we got great staff behind us too. And like Tom said, they hired um, somebody to help run the company. We have some great staff as well. And I think you have to grow. I remember the first time we hired a person who was not going to wash cars. I hired an <laughs> HR director when my dad was out of town one time. And I wanted to throw up because I'm like, how am I going to explain him? We hired somebody who wasn't going to be out on a day-to-day washing cars. He actually came to work in a suit. That was unheard of in 1991 or whatever. Now we have a lot of people in our office. We have a lot of people that are doing other things that's helped our, our, helped our family and our, helped our business grow. So I think you got to look at all these cases as they come about and encourage your family members to, 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 to gravitate towards the places that they do have interest. Like Tom's a, a computer guy, controls guy. He's done amazing things with their company in that aspect. So I think you got to have some flexibility and let it flow and let it kind of grow in its own a little bit. Excellent, excellent. Bill? So, Ours is a family business. We have the biological family and we have the work family. And we want to meld those together. We want them to work together. Uh, they're not the same. We love them both. But we have to find a way to keep them working together. There's no way on earth I could run my business today with myself and even my three kids. It would be impossible to have the achievements we've had in technology, in finance, in other areas, in marketing. Just not possible. So you have to embrace, and, and by the way, the, that work family, it can never, they can never feel like it's us and them. They've got to feel like it's all part of one big family. And so that's, that's been important to us. And uh, uh, even though I'm pretty sure my kids can't do it quite as well as I did it, <laughs> they're, they're doing it pretty well. And uh, at the end of the day, they probably, truth is, they probably can do it better. So, uh, and Justin said something like, his father never insisted that he come into the business. It was his decision. It, was, it happened because he wanted it to happen. And that's the way it should happen. Uh, you can't force it. If you do force it, it will be a bad outcome. So uh, having the next generation understand that there's a lot of people that eat out of this business and depend on it for their livelihood is extremely important. And I think with that, you can, you can grow and you can become uh, strategic about your growth and have a, have a great outcome. All great advice. I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, what you're ultimately talking about is if, if, you, if you start with family at the core and you build that thing the way you would want it to be something great for your family, that's going to transition out across your organization. So if you can treat your people, you can treat everybody in your organization, you can treat your partners who are helping you make this thing run like family, they're going to feel that way and they're going to feel important and valued and they're going to have an ownership mentality. And then at that point, it's great if we can plan for that thing to live on and be passed down to our family, but it's also still leaving an important legacy if we're passing that down to another great leader so that our organization is around uh, into perpetuity. So um, that's about the end of our time today. I just want to say a, a big thank you to our panelists up here. Let's hear it for our panelists. These guys are great. Awesome. Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners. 